Happy, happy, happy Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. It is Friday. It's not Friday the 13th. Friday the 14th of August. Oh, man. Where does the time go? Halfway through the month already. It crazy. It's crazy, crazy how fast it's going. Um, gosh, we're four for Friday. You're four for Friday coming up at you this morning. We had, uh, let me start it off with last night we had trivia night and man we what a good night i think it was to me one of the one of the you know they keep getting better i can't say one of the better seems like they just keep getting better every single week or every other week i guess every time we have one this is the eighth one we've done now amazing amazing fun that was a great great time uh uh mako had some questions out there that of course, it they 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 stumped some folks. They stumped almost everyone. Alex was out there. Alex was just cutting through those tough questions. He was getting them. Um, covered RMF2. RMF2.0, always a good topic to cover. Um, man, but Ralph was it. Ralph brought it up three, I think three in a row, tied this week with Alex. Um, Alex won the Illy Coffee, so you know, you know we love our, love our coffee. So Illy Coffee going out to Alex. Had to make sure we announced that this morning because we didn't have the tally. Because when we get, when we pick the time to give away the Illy Coffee, we never know exactly who is in the lead at that point. We have to see afterwards the, the software we use. We can't figure it out until after. After we finish tabulating the results i uh, went through double check some of them. there were some some of the word scrambles that you know whether it was one word or two words the the system wanted to count it wrong when it wasn't so we went through we made sure all those were good to go um at the cut line at the coffee cut line it was alex with the illy coffee win i kind of cool how it grabs that green sometimes and makes part of the can invisible so that was that um both alex and Ralph won the giant 30-ounce red. Uh, remember, everyone deployed cups. Um, these are awesome. Alex kicked his back into the pot so that we could give it away again. So awesome, Alex. Thanks for your, your help and your support always for the channel. Congratulations, Ralph, on, on winning third in a row. I think that puts you and Mike mano a mano for number of wins. I think, I think uh, you get three. Mike Bravo has three. That puts you tied. Tiebreaker could be coming up on the 27th, I think. Let me look at the calendar. Make sure that's a Thursday. That's two Thursdays from now. It's our second Thursday, the 27th. Um, yeah, Alex rocking it last night, making things happen at Trivia Night. We ran, ran a little bit long because we had to get folks going. Good, good time. It was a good time. So I do have my... My smaller 20-ounce uh, red, remember everyone deployed, it is Friday, so we got a red cup, Illy Coffee, and I got my red shirt on, I'm just ready to go. And man, that is hot coffee, I'm telling you, that's some hot coffee. Um, takes a little bit for that the uh, chat to come through, so not even close to near real time. Donate, he's donating the coffee back. Oh, thank you, Alex. We'll put it back in the in the queue for someone else to win. 
Alex Macon, donating to the bigger cause, the greater good, so to speak. Your four for Friday, um, Enhanced Agent Tesla is out there. We're going to talk about that. Cactus Pete, uh, which you wouldn't expect to be a Chinese APT, uh, is in the news. SANS Institute got zapped for a data breach, but not a database. Uh, this was a mail exploit. And Instagram is your new TikTok. Um, that is, Instagram is getting sued now over a data, keeping, keeping data they're not supposed to be uh, keeping. Um, <laughs> my Miss Webb said I donated the cup. She thinks it looks really, really, really neat. Uh, well, we could we could do something about that, Alex. We can let you have your cup back. It was planned to be got, give them to give them those. Wow, we planned to give the stuff away anyway. So if you want it back, I don't I don't mind sending it out to you. Maybe we get together and hand it off personally. Even um, that would be a good good deal as well. Um, yeah, I don't mind putting I don't mind mind that. Uh, I know I was shooting that Calspell Brewery shirt. And you need the three wins, yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think think we gotta put it, figure out what the the ratio is to get those those because those are we're gonna have to order those. We're gonna get a, get hold of the folks in Kalispell, Montana, to get those sent out. Maybe they'll give us a deal on them. They are pretty cool. Or we could be making the. Uh, I think last night we talked a little bit about making shop shirts like that one. Uh, then where in the cat where the Kalispell Brewery logo was, we were gonna put bad actor and something on the back. I don't know what would go on the back of those ones. Uh, no coast back to the great effort. Okay. Uh, yeah, have a chance to win another time. You sure will. 27th will be the next time. Get out there and be there, be square. 40 questions, this seems to be the magic number. Get us through two rounds of, well, each each round is 10, so we do two rounds of intermission and then two rounds. I always think we have a good time out there. Um, I think it's I think it's a great time. I think it is a wonderful time. Um, so we'll be doing that in two weeks on the twenty seventh. See what what treacherous stores uh, Mako has in place. Um, gonna have to get him an armed escort to walk home anymore. It's always dangerous. <laughs> How about a bullseye in the back of Mako's shirt? Maybe even a bullseye on the back and the front. Uh, yeah, obviously Mako, you know Mako's not with us in the morning. He'll be watching these later today, so he'll have to pick up on that. I, I think he knows the general uh, feeling for his questions, and I think that's why he does it. Um, he gets you. He likes to stump people. Alex, you were, you were on him last night. You were by and far the person that was nailing those those word scrambles. Um, yeah, 10, 10 word scrambles. Terms around security, and uh, I think it was it was rough. That was a that was a fatality round. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, so let's jump in. Let's throw the intro. We'll jump into the news. The four for Friday. Give you your your holiday of the day. Uh, today's a cool one too. I'll hold it till the end. It's a cool holiday. So let's jump into the intro, and we'll be back in just a second. Now, saying somebody, Mako Chef, someone test his food, uh, taste it, 
taster, the official taster, uh, before he before he eats that stuff. That's uh, that could be bad. I can't make that any larger than it is. I could thought I could adjust the text size, but uh, alas, not while we're live. I guess I'll have to figure that one out post next time we come on. So the weekend is the weekend is upon us, guys. Weekend is right around the corner. Um, wow. Like uh, Warren Officer Dale Tripper used to say, it's only two working days till Monday. Um, <laughs> that was a way to start your weekend off with a bang. So Tesla, or Agent Tesla, uh, making the rounds again. There's a new variant. Um, if you know Agent Tesla, this is the, the information-stealing Trojan. Um, it, it's It's got... Um, identified, it's been identified as targeting commonly used applications, thus extending the scope of its attack um, to a very common internet user. Um, so looking at common internet users now, uh, off work now, who won trivia? Uh, JJ, who won trivia? Alex and Ralph tied for trivia and Alex won the coffee at the at the coffee point, at the coffee stop. So, yeah, good, a good run last night. Thanks for showing up, JJ. It was fun. Good to see you there. Off to work. Uh, yeah, it's always rough. Speaking of off to work, I, I know a lot of folks are in transit in the mornings and miss the live show. Um, we're going to start taking the audio track and just putting it as a podcast. So that's coming soon. We got the software all set up. We got everything cut up, set up. We're going to just slice the audio off. Throw it into a podcast. Nothing special. In case you're moving around, you you drive into work and you can't watch videos. You want to listen to it. It's probably going to be about a day late because I think that's about how it's long it it takes for the podcast stuff to do its thing. I I don't know. Um, so that's coming soon. So this .NET based password stealing Trojan is now capable of recording keystrokes, taking screenshots of the compromised um, machine. Uh, it can collect both app and configuration data and user credentials from multiple applications, including Chrome, Chromium, Safari, Brave, FileZilla, Mozilla, Firefox, um, Thunderbird, OpenVPN, Outlook, and other things. After stealing the credentials, the Trojan uploads them to a C2 server or camp command and control server, either by file transfer protocol, FTP, or SMP. TP, simple mail transfer protocol. Besides stealing credentials, it can also steal the victim's clipboard contents, collect system information, and stop malware on the system. The new variant also tries to deliver secondary executables to inject into boundaries present on the target machine. Um, showing some recent uh, attacks, um, and then it's shown that Tesla Agent Tesla, not Tesla the car, um, has been identified as one of the most actively used malware attacks. Uh, it has appeared several times in the list of top ten malware strains. Um, I don't. Why? Why would people do this? Why would people develop a Trojan like this? Um, obviously, in the in the thing in the article itself, record keystrokes, take screenshots. Um, Collect application configuration data and user credentials from all those different applications and ship them out. So stealing information, allowing someone to get 
a foothold on that machine and use it for nefarious purposes. Of course, that's why the bad guy's going to do this. They want to use your machine to attack other people. They want to use your machine to steal your information. They want to use your machine to do something like uh, maybe do some Bitcoin mining, things like that. Uh, they just want to abuse your machine. That, that's why. Um, thanks, JJJJ says that'll be nice. That'd be, that'd be cool. I think uh, having it as a podcast would be cool, too. Maybe reach a different audience, people that don't have time to watch the video or can't. For one reason or another, they can download the podcast, take it with them, and maybe, maybe where you're going, you don't have an internet signal or something like that. I don't know. Maybe trains and stuff like that. So I often get that situation. I remember dry, riding the train downtown in D.C. You hit places where, like around Quantico, cell signal would just pretty much drop out. Um, so be aware, uh, Agent Tesla's out there. What we need to do to protect ourselves from this thing, we update our antivirus. We make sure that we're using good hygiene practices on our systems, uh, strong passwords, that kind of stuff. We're, um, we're deploying patches and updating our systems as we need to. We have defense in depth and diversity of defense. We just watch out for this thing. This is the Trojan. So, um, again, my tro I always think of Trojan as the delivery mechanism. That's how the bug gets on your machine, and it looks like once it gets on there, um, it's just a straight uh, piece of malware that's stealing. I don't know. It looks like you have, if you look at the this screen here, let's do this real quick. I'm going to take this screen. This is your typical Tesla screen, and it looks like, you know, if you look at it, it's a normal RAT or remote access tool uh, configuration screen. Um, so, again, I, it's probably splitting hairs at this point, but I see the Trojan as the delivery mechanism. Uh, there's always an overt and a covert program with the Trojan. That means there's something you think you're getting, and normally that's some piece of software that you think you're getting for free. Um, it, it's not. It's not everything is at a cost. So there's an overt program that you think you're installing, and then there's a covert program like Agent Tesla that's underneath the covers that you don't see that when you install one, you get them both. So to me, the Trojan is the delivery mechanism, and... Uh, Agent Tesla is a remote access tool that's being delivered by the Trojan. Splitting hairs, of course, I, my, my view of the world. Um, that won't get you passed on any uh, certification. But if we think about the three things we always talk about, we talk about Trojans, viruses, and worms. To me, Trojans, viruses, and worms are all delivery mechanisms. Any type of malware can be distributed using those three delivery mechanisms. So Trojan, obviously, we have an overt and a covert program. We just talked about that. A virus um, is a piece of code that infects your system, and the virus itself can be the, the malicious code, or it can carry something with it, and the same with the worm. Uh, but the difference between the worm and a virus, obviously, the virus needs user interaction. The worm is looking for a hole in your system, some vulnerability, and it propagates on its own without user interactions. We have two that need user user interaction. Two things that need user interaction, the Trojan and the virus. They need the user to click on something, whether it's installing a piece of software or clicking on an email or a link, um, where a, a, a worm doesn't need that. It just runs through your system looking for vulnerabilities. Um, again, splitting hairs on that one. Um, probably a one of, one of the bigger stories today is Cactus Pete. 
Um, so Cactus Pete APT hones its tool sets and resurfaces with new espionage targets. That's your headline. Um, Cactus Pete is an APT that's that's out of China. It doesn't have a number. It's not a, not a numbered APT like a, a lot of them are. But Cactus Pete is back out. It's back doing its thing. And Cactus Pete for a long time has been kind of noted as a low-level APT. It hasn't, it's like a moderate, like maybe a moderate-level APT. Um, it's in, It generally uses less technical attacks, like this uh, Bizonal backdoor, which is this, the article mainly, from ThreatPost mainly talks about this Bizonal backdoor that it uses. Um, Talk about it. On the technical side of the malware, it's fairly straightforward. Forward. Once the malware executes, it connects to a hard-coded command and control server using unmodified HTTP-based protocol. So it's, it's not encrypted HTTP, and it's a hard-coded C2 server, a command and control server, which means uh, it's not that advanced. Most of the advanced pieces of malware, that when they connect to the C2 server, their command and control server, um, it's randomized. There's a, a number of C2 servers that it's connecting to. Um, it's harder to shut down that way. With this one, with, with it being a hard-coded C2 server, it's obviously easier to shut this thing down because we can put in our, e our egress filtering, we can put the, the name or the IP address of that C2 server, and infected systems can never connect to it. So that's one thing. Um, the request and response body are RC4 encrypted, and the encryption key is also hard-coded in the sample, according to this guy, uh, Zykoff. Um, as a result, the RC4 encryption, it may contain binary data, and the malware additionally encodes in base64 to match the HTTP specification. Um, talks about this once attached to the C2, Bisonal, Harvest, uh, various machine fingerprint information, host, inf host name, IP, MAC address, um, and the time the infect, uh, infected host, and the time on the infected host, giving it a time zone to figure out where it's at. Um, sends all that to the C2 server. Um, it can also do other things like uh, execute remote commands. Um, the victim's environment for lateral movement can also be um, exploited once the initial system is exploited. So we can move laterally across the target organization. Um, this group continues to push uh, various custom Mimikatz variations and key loggers for credential harvesting purposes with privilege escalation. Again, a lot of lower level tools. Uh, we see Mimikatz being tuned and changed quite a bit in, in other exploits, but this one um, is, is using various Mimikatz um, now, going back to the APT, why, what this thing, what the APT normally targets. So they normally target military, diplomatic, and infrastructure organizations. So even if they're just gathering information and pulling information off machines, that could be very um, sensitive information in a lot of cases. Um, other names for Cactus Pete are Karma Panda and Tonto Team. Uh, they think they're Chinese because they're a Chinese-speaking APT group. Um, they, they normally have been seen to 
target supply chain attacks. Um, they appear to have received support and have access to more complex code uh, like Shadowpad, but they're not they're not using it as much as you'd think they would, um, which leads it leads folks to believe that they're state sponsored. Um, in addition to better tools, the Chinese APT has expanded its geographic focus as well. Typically, Cactus Pete has collected victim information in Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan, where we'd see, you know, there's a lot of Chinese APT threat actors that focus on that area of the Pacific Rim, um, and obviously the United States. Uh, recent campaigns in 2020 show the group has shifted towards Asia, Eastern European organizations. Um, for example, the Double T Backdoor campaign targeted telecom and government organizations um, in new parts of Asia and Eastern, Eastern Europe. Um, so yeah, they, they, a lot of times these guys use spear phishing as their way in. So, um, so you can see more. This this is a just another example of, of an APT. And there's a ton of APTs out there. Some of them have numbers, some of them don't. Cactus Pete um, looks like they're trying to move their way up the APT chain. Um, getting spawned, it looks like there's more, maybe better sponsored by whoever's supporting them. So they're getting better tool sets now. Seems like they're not really using them yet. Maybe they're getting the feel for them, figuring out how to use them to the best ability, but they're still relying on lower level tools to, to move their attacks forward. One second. Man, that's hot. Um, so no, no, they're out there. Uh, in the United States, are you probably gonna be tech targeted by Cactus Pete? Probably not. Um, right now, they're they're going for Eastern Europe and Asia. Um, you were in there. We were in their target set for quite a while. So um, don't think that they can't shift back to uh, Japan, Taiwan, uh, South Korea, and the United States. Um, just because they're looking at Eastern Europe and Asia now doesn't mean they'll swing won't swing back around and start start their same old target set. Um, if you're in the government, if you're in industrial sector, if you're in uh, obviously the Department of Defense or Department of Defense sporting organization, uh, when they swing back around to targeting the, their traditional target set, you are right in the right in their targets again. So no cactus, Pete. They do target um, probably a lot of folks that are watching this broadcast just because you're out here in the D.C. area. If you're out here, you're industrial your government supporting, your DOD supporting, any three of those, these guys could be going after you trying to get information. And that's really what they're after, trying to harvest information. Um, can they use your system to exploit uh, a lateral attack across the organization? Sure. And as they, they, as they get more advanced tools from whoever's sponsoring them, we can see that being more likely in the future and their attacks to become more technical and more complex in the future. Maybe that's why they're in Eastern Europe now. Maybe they're honing their skills. Um, who knows, who knows, uh, you know, if they're state sponsored, if Cactus Pete's state sponsored, they're going to take their marching orders, probably from Beijing, probably from the Chinese government, and they're going to determine what these guys do. So know they're out there, know what they're doing. Um, one of their main, uh, ways into your system is through, uh, phishing, uh, exploits. So again, our best defense against phishing it's training our end users. We've got to train our end users. We got to make sure they use updated malware protection. It's updated and it's it's kept current. The DAT files kept current. Uh, defense in depth, diversity of defense, that kind of stuff. 
uh, your friends, family, coworkers, you may they may be working in these industries that are in the normal traditional target set of cactus peat. Just because they've changed their focus for now doesn't mean they won't come back for you later. Um, so that's what's going on with cactus peat. Read about obviously read about more of this in the show notes below. As always, you guys probably know this. Sands Sands is had a breach of of data and it's not a database breach like we normally see we normally see somebody breaching um, the database and pulling information out this was what Microsoft warned us about last month this consent based phishing scam so that's what your article is Stan Institute proves anyone can fall victim to a consent based phishing scam um, the short of this one is uh, there was some some spear phishing some targeted phishing against SANS, um, the SANS Institute, and SANS provides some great training. Um, and what this is is a consent-based phishing scam that's centered around Office 365, which we recently rebranded to Microsoft 365. Um, and what happens is when the, the attacks look pretty legitimate, right? Um, when you click on whatever the, the, the link is or, you know, the button or whatever's in the email, um, it's going to ask you permission for the uh, attacker-controlled app to access data. And if it's crafted correctly, you, the use, end user is probably not going to think about this, and they're probably going to click through. And that's what happened at SANS. So someone, and they don't know who it was, they, they don't know if they were an administrator, they were in sales, they don't know where, but apparently when this user clicked the ability to share data with the application 30,000 records were shared um, that's a lot of records that was all sent out through email uh, Jimmy Cohn I worked he was the chief of mission at SANS now he was a former FBI assistant director I remember Jimmy Cohn when I was uh, supporting the FBI was hanging out there at the same time not that we knew each other but common background he says, uh, uh, added on to the statement, uh, the add-on was a result of a phishing email sent to several SANS employees. One employee, at least you know one, clicked the link and authorized the installation of the malicious add-on, which allowed for the creation of the forwarding rule that sent 513 emails containing exposed records to the anonymous attacker. There was no credentials divulged, nor any victim malware, uh, no any active malware on any of the victim systems or any other SAN systems. Yacon continued. Um, he noted, the fish was carefully crafted email that looks like a file share from SharePoint via O365. After the add-on was installed, the employee was specifically asked to grant special permission needed to set up the forwarding rule. Uh, we validated during forensic analysis this permission granting highlights the need to educate staff um, and the community on these types of attacks uh, via security awareness Edu who could we turn to who can we turn to for security education i wonder who could we turn to oh these guys sans their whole job is security training um, maybe i'm harping on this uh, um, to the end, uh, Microsoft previously warned about this. Um, 
Heather Ponton, VP of Product Management at Untangle, said, we are in a day and age where everyone, even those security organizations, need to remain alert about the items that come across their inbox. Hovering over links from all email sources, make sure they are correspond with the sender's information and double checking who the email is actually from is important. Um, it's unique that this this unique disclosure involving the mailbox rather than a breach database from Zach Allen, director of intelligence at Zero Fox. Malicious forwarding rules are definitely an interesting vector for threat actors who are performing business email compromise or worse espionage, especially with SANS clientele who are all security professionals that work in the largest firms around the world. This could be an interesting attack from uh, information gathering slash espionage actor, but more likely the answer is a uh, more persistent actor that's stealing financial details. Um, Sands ultimately removed the rule. Uh, it's weird that this, this one person was able to send 30,000 records out. They had access to 30,000 records. And they know it was, was really focused on uh, some folks. Uh, i got to find where it's at in here. Um, was folks signed up for a forensic class? And some folks that were, that were in a, another... There we go. There's two groups of individuals. These 30,000 records came from two groups of individuals. The first were individuals who had recently registered for a virtual digital forensics and instant response distribution summit. Um, the second group were individuals who are part of a SANS general outreach program. Um, both lists were used for basic communication. Um, customer or instructor records were not affected. Um, the one thing that I think is interesting around this thing in this article um, I to find it here I'd marked it earlier my markup is all gone I rely on training so they're essentially talking about don't hold some places like SANS to the same standards as we do. Um, financial institutions. So, and I, and I get that. I get that. We don't we don't hold them to the same standard. And that the one of the things that drove me crazy about the article is that essentially in this in this paragraph they're talking. Oh, here we go. Um, who is saying this? Uh, Colchino. I don't think we should hold SANS accountable to the same standard of security and data protection as we impose, say, on, let's, let's say, financial institution and other highly regulated industries. Otherwise, their training would become exorbitantly expensive and few organizations would be able to afford them, causing a domino effect on global instructor uh, and poor awareness. Uh, like, other, uh, like many other, SANS falls victim to an unforeseen work-from-home measures uh, that have undermined uh, security mechanisms and controls readily available in the office. I don't, okay, I don't buy that. For one, I don't, I don't buy that. Um, their first premise is, if we held SANS to the same standards as other organizations, especially financials or things like that are regulated, their training would become exorbitantly expensive. Um, 
I've got news for you. SANS training is exorbitantly expensive. $8,000 for a class you're taking at home is way too much money. SANS training is some of the best you're going to get in the world. But they charge way too much money for it. And it's a .org. It's not a .com. Um, great training. I just think they're chart. They are exorbitant already. I don't think anyone else in any other training area charges as much as SANS does. Um, and I could be wrong here. Maybe I'm maybe I am all off my rocker here. Yeah, you know, we want to make sure that SANS courses remain incredibly affordable to everyone. Yeah, Alex, that's what I'm saying. These guys already charge a ton of money. Um, if you've been out to SANS and you register a course, they don't even use a two-factor authentication. So talking about work from home measures undermining security, this is an O365. This is this is cloud-based office. So it doesn't matter where you're at, at the office or at your house, the same security protection should be in place. That work from home seems like a cop-out to me. Um, the fact that you're going to say their training is going to become expensive if they have to hold, we hold them to standards like user training and multi-factor authentication, I, I don't think those are controls that are only held to highly regulated industries. Um, I do agree with the article that anyone can fall victim to this stuff. I just think that this paragraph, this paragraph caught my attention, and I think it's a cop-out. I think it's a cop-out from this guy. Um, one of the be better alternatives, some reasonable amount of money for courses, those trying to get into industry. Yeah, I, you know, that's what we're trying, obviously, Alex, you know, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get, um, you know, training, training to get people into the industry. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to compare our training to SANS training just because they have just folks dedicated giant a giant workforce dedicated to doing this but we're out there every day trying to put content out that trains people in the security world and obviously we're doing it for uh, on one hand we we want to make sure that it's available to everyone so there will be free training available always available and then the advanced training is just a little bit more it's not that much more money um like the rmf course that starts on monday it's like less than 300 dollars. this last sans course i looked looked at and again i i will underscore every comment I make with SANS training is some of the best you will get in the world. Um, the last class I looked on, looked at, self-paced, online, $8,000. Um, that seems crazy to me. It just seems crazy. And maybe they're keeping it that high to keep their credentialing elite. Um, they probably do pay their instructors pretty well. I just, I just, you know, this this whole paragraph where they're saying, if we hold them to these high standards, which I don't think user training, especially for a company that specializes in training and um, multi-factor authentication, and the other thing they point out here, it, it's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. I do agree with them that anyone could fall for this, and that's why we always have to constantly train 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 our people um, make sure your friends your families your coworkers are all taken care of uh, we tell them about these things we warn them that there is this new threat and in this case it's a threat the email is going to look official it's going to send you a link probably to an office 365 account that's going to look official 
it's going to probably bypass some of your security measures because it's going to come from O365 from a SharePoint site. Um, it's going to be hard, but you have to have to train them. We have to make sure that we know that, hey, if, if they see something that pops up and says, hey, do you want to set up a forwarding rule? Question that. Again, that's what we talked about yesterday. You know, that, that, that common sense or that critical thinking about what's going on is what we need to get across to our end users in this case. I'm harping on SANS a little bit just because they should know better. Last time I went out there and checked my account and it didn't even have multi-factor authentication, that kind of upset me from these guys that are supposed to be a security organization. And again, uh, underscoring the good work they do in a lot of other areas, there's some basic holes in this story at least. Um, and, and I don't know everything that happened at SANS, but this, this cat saying we can't hold them accountable to the same standards, I, I don't think these things are highly regulated standards that SANS has fallen down on. Jim's opinion, obviously, um, take that to the, to the bank or not, I guess. Um, and again, like to Alex's point, if, if you're after SANS training, that's the only place you can get it, uh, then you kind of have to go to them. Uh, they do some really good stuff. There's other places out there that are at an equivalent level. Carnegie Mellon does a lot of training that's available out of Carnegie Mellon that I think is at least at the SANS level, maybe beyond. Um, smart cats out there. And if, if you need to, man, sometimes you just got to pick a book up and, and go for it. So that's it. I won't harp at SANS anymore. I know, I know they, they, they got burned. They're cleaning it up. Um, it, it's unfortunate that they're in the spotlight. I, I feel bad for them. But it, don't, don't cop out and say that if they put security controls in place, their training's going to be expensive because their training's already be expensive. And you should have those basic um, security controls in place that this cat was talking about. Um, you know, all week, all, all month, this has been the month of pick on TikTok. Um, so now we'll, we'll take our turn and pick on these guys' Instagram. Facebook owned Instagram just facing another lawsuit that claims that it illegally collected biometric data from phone uh, or from photo tagging, the photo tagging feature it has. Um, looks like it was uh, accused of collecting and storing and profiling uh, and, and profiting, excuse me, not profiling, profiting from biometric data of more than 100 million Instagram users without their knowledge or consent. And that's what I always get on the TikTok train about is they're doing things that are against the rules or against the law or against the user agreements people said. And that's exactly what's going on here without their knowledge or consent. Last month, Facebook faced similar charges and offered, and put the offered to pay in, in quotes in the story, $650 million settlement. The new lawsuit claims that Facebook has harvested over a million, hundred million Instagram users um, and they're using the Illinois privacy law, which is interesting here. Under the Illinois privacy law, Facebook may be forced to pay $1,000 per violation or $5,000 um, if they acted recklessly or intentionally in this. 100, um, 100 million Instagram users, and the violation could be $1,000 or $5,000 per violation. Holy cow. Lawsuit mentions that Facebook reportedly did not ask for user permission to collect biometric data and has been collecting it since the start of 2020. Um, 
came to light. I, Apple iOS 14 beta users recently got pri a privacy scare when they found out that the Instagram was secretly using the camera in the background. Um, some Instagram uh, users reported that iOS 14 alerted them with the camera on indicator at the moment they opened the Instagram app and scrolled through stories without actually recording something using the app. However, Instagram was quick to respond and blame this issue on a bug. Um, Instagram, Instagram, man, you guys are out there. And, and why would they do this? Obviously, the why behind this is, is they can profit from your data. And it's the same thing we talk about with TikTok. Uh, we'll harp on TikTok because they're collecting data and they're sending it back to China. That's fairly, that's the thought that's going around now. Instagram's doing the same thing. They are gathering this information and they're using it for some type of financial gain. Um, they're, make, they're profiting off of it. Now, the fact that this camera's coming on, even if the user is not recording, what the heck is that all about? Um, and I don't, I don't think, it, I don't fall for the fact that it's a bug. Um, still hot as heck. Hot coffee, man. Still been there for like an hour and a half, still blazing hot. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. Could be ugly for Facebook. I mean, it's a lot of dang money. It's a lot of zeros, man. It'd be a hundred, be a hundred billion dollars if it's at the low end of this 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 law. So, why do they do it? They're gonna make profits. How do you protect against it? Uh, sometimes you can't. If you're installing these applications, you read the EULA, you agree to the the permissions that are being granted. In this case, they didn't even ask for the permission to do it, and the whole turning the camera on early, this, this bug, that's even a, a bigger piece of it. Um, if it wasn't for iOS 14, the iOS 14, uh, in if you don't know iOS, iOS 14 for your Android, or Android, for your Apple phones, your Apple devices, your mobile devices, Apple, not Android, I don't know what I'm thinking there, uh, Apple will tell you when, um, when some someone's accessing information on your on your phone, like your camera, for example. Matt, you're saying info at Cyber Recon didn't. Oh, you got to put a dash in the middle. Cyber dash Recon. Um, try that. If did you have the dash in cyber cyber dash Recon dot com? Uh, that's the info line to to us. So info at cyber dash Recon dot com. Hopefully that hopefully that's just the mistake. It should work. If not. It's just a, it's a new mail we set up for things just like this. So give that one a shot. If y'all ever need to get all of this, info at cyber-recon.com. Uh, put that in the show notes, I guess. Um, so Instagram. The Instagram, I don't know how you, you really, in this case, there was no way, as you, you know, for your friends, your families, your coworkers, there's no way to protect against this. Um, they're just doing something illegal. They're like TikTok. I put... With this case, and, and I think Matt, you asked about this the other day, what's the difference between TikTok and Instagram in this case, or Facebook or whatever? Nothing in this case. There's absolutely no difference at this point. Um, TikTok, you're doing the wrong thing. You're, you're harvesting information illegally. You're sending it to places you shouldn't be sending it. Instagram, you're doing the same thing. Um, okay, thanks, Matt. All right. Um, Kevin. This is even if you block access to the camera. 
Um, I'm not sure. We could check into that um, and see if there's any information on it. It doesn't, it's only part of a paragraph it talks about um, the, the camera coming out. And I don't know if you, I would imagine so, because normally, okay, I'm, I'm thinking through how you set it up, right? So when you set up the app, it's going to say, Instagram wants to have access to your camera. You're going to say yes, because that's what Instagram's all about, right? Taking pictures um, and posting them to the page. So you'd have to give access. And a lot of times you say access only when using the app, right? And you're going to be using the app. So I think if you typically totally block the camera, um, you wouldn't be able to use Instagram. I don't know. It's good to know. Uh, all right, thanks, Matt. Perfect. That's awesome. Um, contact page works. I'll figure out what's going on with the info address. Um, well, I don't think... I think that's the feature that shows the green if the camera's on and amber is off. I think you're probably right. I haven't, I don't know. I don't think I've done the... I, I'm on the beta program, but I don't think I've done 14 yet. I'll have to check. I don't think I've, I've rolled up to 14. Yeah, yeah but this, in this case, we're talking about iOS. So Matt's saying... Whoops, sorry, Matt. Uh, every laptop I know has a peep slider. That's that, you know, cover up a peep slider or uh, a post-it note, right? <laughs> Across the top of the camera. But this is on a cell phone, right? This is the... These are folks that are using Instagram. And I, I was, I've got Instagram for the Cyber Recon page and everything. Um, I'm still... You know, I'm going to be honest with you, all the cards on the table, I'm still trying to figure out how the heck to use Instagram. I tried to post a picture with some comments about the network rack we're building. So I, I took snapped a picture of the rack with the punch down in there with the the, 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 um, the switch and the uh, UDM Pro and the patch panel. And I took the picture and I was going to write some comments and it just posted the picture because... I'm kind of Instagram. I've got to be Instagram aware. Um, yeah, so uh, more to, I guess we're going to have to follow up on that to find out if it's, Kevin, if it is that the green light. It's the, the iOS 14 beta feature. Um, I know in, one of the things I know with the, with the beta, because I've read a bit about it, about it, when you go into the App Store, the app will always have all the information below the app about what information you're going to share with the, the app developer if you install the app. So more probably, you, Kevin, you might know, well, you, it looks like you already know quite a bit more about iOS 14 than I do, which is that's perfect reason why we get together in the morning. I lead the conversation. You guys fill in the gaps I don't know about, which obviously is bigger gaps than every day, right? So, um, so I'm going to throw that back on the screen. So Kevin's saying, I think it's the feature that shows green if the camera's on or amber if it's off. Um, you're probably right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'd probably bet the, the farm on that. Um, yeah. Peep slider. Peep slider, yeah. We should get some of those. should get some of those and start giving peep sliders out. Because um, right now I've got, I've got post-it notes there. This one, obviously, this one here, it's green and it's, and this is the ugly camera. Let's switch, let's find, uh. Where is uh, my camera? Here's my, here's your other, here's a, the FaceTime built-in HD camera. There we are looking at, see the green screen? That's, that's the, that's the camera there that doesn't have tape over it, but it's still there in case we want to use it. 
Um, probably the only, probably the only computer I own that doesn't have something over the camera. Um, that's just because it's part of the studio setup. Um, you guys are right though. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. We, you know, I always know the security guy in the room, gal, person, um, when they open their laptop up and there's a post-it note stuck across the camera. Uh, oh, you don't need that. Your camera's not on. It's like, eh, you don't know that. So, I think it was Kevin or Matt the other day that said, what's the difference between TikTok and Instagram and Facebook? Uh, and now I'm saying, with this article, absolutely nothing. Um, the difference is what they're using. The only difference now is what they're using um, the data for, right? So, Instagram slash Facebook using it for financial gain. TikTok, in my opinion, is using it for political gain. Um, a sad state, you know. Uh, we all know if you're in, if you're a risk, a security, a cyber person, you know, information is money. Information is the new money. It's the new currency, um, and the people that get it are the people that are making money. So. There's Sierra Bravo. Come on. Waiting for that to... There we go. Dual coffee mugs. Uh, really need the caffeine. Ah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fraud, Sierra. Um, this one's coffee, and this one's water. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fooling y'all. This, this is the giant one. This is the 30-ounce one. This is your normal 20-ounce coffee. Look at, look at this. It's just a giant, giant cup. Um, that's why I relegated that one for water and it keeps water cold, ice cold for like a day and a half. But this is the coffee one. Uh, <laughs> dual coffee mugs. Yeah. <laughs> I probably do need that much caffeine though, as a matter of fact. So that's what's going on in the news. That's your, your, your four, four Friday. Um, get stuff from the office to cover the camera, um, from, from what Optiv. I know a lot of the new cameras, not a lot of new cameras, a lot of the new laptops are automatically have a slider on them now, uh, like you were saying earlier, sliders. Um, I worked for one pharmaceutical, I was consulting for them, and they had a good idea. Their security group went out and they they bought sliders that, that fit on the on computers, and they had them branded with their logo and the security group, but they were kind of like a bubble. So you put them on a, la a desktop, it was fine. But you put it on a laptop, when you went to close the laptop up, it wouldn't close right because this thing was a bubble sticking out and people just took them off. Um, I've seen some of those really, really thin sliders that are perfect. Um, Optiv, is that, that's the company that sells them? I'm going to I'm gonna have to check that out, Kevin. Optiv. Optiv. I'll check them out today. Um, maybe that could be some swag we give out, some Cyber Recon sliders for your camera if they're they, i need the the flat ones for laptops that's what everybody's got laptops nowadays man uh, desktops are thin clients or or laptops are the way to go i gotta give you my you know uh, if you watched a couple weeks ago i got that that small mini pc to run my vdi that i connect to work with that thing's a champ man um the fan comes on a little more than you want but you, it's pretty quiet. You don't notice. You have to be got to be dead silent in the room to hear it. That thing's you know, two two 4K HDMI outs. It was like a two hundred dollar box. It's about as as big as two decks decks of cards side by side. That thing's a champ. Um, 
for for VDI connections, right? So we're just doing essentially we're picking up a screen scrape from a, a ESX server or something like that. So it's not highly intensive. It's perfect for this application. Um, it does look like it's got a little juice. It's running full on Windows 10 Professional, so it's it's got some juice to it because Windows 10, as we know, all Windows stuff is a hog. Um, but that runs us to the bottom of our, our list, our four for Friday. Um, your your holiday today. Today is cool a day. I told you it was gonna be told you it'd be a cool holiday. Um, National Kool Aid Day, um, second Friday in August. Um, so glad that they declared it National Kool Aid Day. Uh, do you remember the 1960 card cartoon Kool Aid Kids? I I don't remember that. Um, Kool-Aid was invented in 1927 by Edwin Perkins of Hastings, Nebraska. It was originally cre created in his mother's kitchen uh, as a concentrate called Fruit Smack. Uh, to reduce shipping costs, Perkins removed the water content and marketed the uh, powder form as Kool-Aid, and the rest is history. What's your favorite flavor is the question on this website. There were six original flavors, cherry, grape, lemon, orange, root beer, uh, and raspberry. Perkins' favorite. Uh, in the 1960s, Kool-Aid packets were sold for just one thin dime over the years. There have been dozens upon dozens of flavors. A sugar-free version is also available. But wait a minute. Um, what good's Kool-Aid if you don't get that sugar high? Um, this is the official soft drink of the state of Nebraska. In your show notes, I've included the link to the Nebraska page, nebraska.gov that talks about Perkins and the Kool-Aid invention. Um, lots of people do all kinds of weird stuff. Use it for makeup. Use all kinds. It will dye your fingers purple or pink or whatever. Um, but it's Kool-Aid day. Oh, yeah. Um, good day. Uh, imitation grape-flavored Kool-Aid. Um, always good. Kool-Aid's always good, especially in the middle of summer. Uh, they got the little squeeze things now. You can add it to your water. Just a little, a little dash of Kool-Aid will get you going. So that's your rundown for today. I know we covered a lot of ground. Um, glad you guys could be here. Glad you could be there last night for Trivia Night. It was fun. Um, and Sierra, yeah, after Trivia Night, probably would need two cups of coffee, two big old things of coffee to keep me going on a day like today. Um, last night was was a fun time. Uh, was good, good, good security fun. So... That's what we got on going on today. That's what we're all about today. Um, it's Friday. You got the weekend coming up. Be safe. This weekend we're we're wrapping up a lot of the videos. Um, if you are thinking about the RMF class, um, the RMF 2.0 class starts on Monday. Still giving the discounted pricing through Monday morning. Um, that's 25% off of the class. And, and so you know, and this is like the whole truth in advertising thing, the videos that are recorded for the class will be available for free on YouTube. So if you can't afford to take the class, the videos will be available on YouTube. The additional content we can't put on YouTube. It's interactive videos. It's things like that. It's uh, flipboard, like the, the question and answer flip over things. It's stuff that we can't put on YouTube. It's exercises, it's things like that. Those have to be hosted on a website, so we have to pay for the website and pay for the design and all that stuff. That's really why. Uh, and, and we talked to, uh, you know, Alex and I talked the other day, um, try to keep the cost as low as we can to get the most 
people into the field that can be qualified to work uh, in the field. So the RMF is having an additional an additional um, step added uh, to our training, which is why the heck we use the RMF anyways. What the RMF about? What is the cap all about? What is uh, enterprise-based, multi-tiered risk all about? Um, what is NIST? All that stuff we're talking about first before we even talk about the prepare step, which is what a lot of people call step zero. So, um, yeah, here we go. Um, this class is a, is a weird, the, the first go around, because this is a new class, the first go around um, is semi self-paced. And what that means is we'll release a module and depending on the length of the module, we'll, we'll go one or two modules and then we'll have a live event. And the live event will be hosted on Zoom or hosted on WebEx. And we'll talk through the entirety of that module or the second module or the two modules together, depending on how long they are. If the long module will be one module, we'll talk about go live, answer all your questions, uh, clear up anything that wasn't taken care of in the course material, and then we'll move on to the next, um, a next module. So it, it'll be the modules be, will be dripped out, as they as the term the industry, the training industry calls it. The modules will be dripped out, but you can go through that module at your own pace. So, for example, uh, when we release the first module, you'll have one or two weeks to go through it, and at the end of that two weeks, we'll have a live session. So, however you go through the module, we're not going to sit down and, and do live classes during the module, the the courseware, um, but at the end of it, the live session will be taken care of and it'll be recorded and sent to the people that are in the class. Um, and then we'll do the next module or two and follow that same process all the way through the eight modules. And that's, um, so that's, that's it. Essentially, it, it most likely will be a live session every two weeks. Um, so you'll do your own self-paced training for two weeks. Then we'll have a live session, two weeks live session all the way through until we get through all eight of the modules. Actually, there's nine modules. That last one's preparing for the, the exam the CAP exam if you're going to take it, but that's that'll be packed in with one of the other ones. Do you give an iPad away with registration? Yeah, like SANS does. Um, yeah, we could do the iPad. We could give the iPad away, but then we'd have to change the class to be whatever, $1,000 more so we can cover the cost of the iPad. I'm assuming most of you guys have computers, so it is risk management, so you can actually do a lot of it. Well, other, other than get on the website, a lot of it's you know, you don't really need a high-powered, high-powered computer to get through it because it's web-based. Um, so it's a lot of interaction, a lot of interaction, interactive stuff. But it's just just throwing that out there. That's that's what we're doing for what's coming up uh, for us on Monday. So this weekend I'll be tying up the loose ends on that, making sure the website is up to speed. I know, uh, you know, as you know, Mako, Emily, and and Jimmy helped me get through these things. They're working on it. Emily's been doing a lot of stuff on the website. Um, you wouldn't believe, you know, looking at the, the surfaces of this stuff, you wouldn't believe how much goes into some of this. Um, that It looks flawless. I know it looks flawless when I do it. I'm kidding, of course. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, the big thing is our focus as an, as an organization, the whole Cyber Recon team here, um, training people to get qualified people into the security field, um, because we need we need them. We're like two million short this next year coming up, and 
as we work from home more, the need for security people is even going to grow more. As we have more self-driving cars, it's going to grow more. As we have more um, AI and augmented reality in things, security the, the need for security folks is not going to go down in the foreseeable future. It's going to continue to go up. So if you're looking to switch careers, if you're in IT or maybe you're in something totally unrelated and you're trying to get into security, info security, this is the way to go. Um, there's going to be a sustainable future for as, as far as I can see forward. So that's Alex always got good things to say. Um, some of us have a clue as to how much time. However, I'm not sure everyone is appreciative of what Cyber Recon does. I appreciate you saying that, Alex. It does, it does take time. Even even this morning show, I usually am up at up at five or so, it's five between five and five thirty to come down here. I know people on DC say that big deal because they get up at four to travel downtown. I'm with you, um, but I get up and spend about an hour, hour and a half getting the show notes to get it together, getting everything together so that we can go live and talk about it. Uh, not a big thing. I mean, it's just one of the things I want to do because I like doing this. I like talking to you guys. I like get, getting things going forward. And then every hour of, of courseware we put together is about four hours to get it actually wrapped up and, and online. So um, four to six hours to go. It goes into every hour. So just crying and whining to you on a Friday. Not what I want to do. Um, it's he we're here for you though. We're here for the people trying to get into security. We're here for the folks that are trying to expand their security knowledge. That's what we want to be about. That's what we want to be known for. We want to be known for helping the security, the cyber, the risk community. That's that's my number one goal. Um, if you can pay for it and get the extra stuff, that's great. If for some reason you can't pay for it, um, it's going to be a little more work, but it's still going to be available on the on the on the YouTube's for free. Um, going to take you a little more it honestly honestly it'll take you a little more to go through the YouTubes just because there's gonna be a little more you're gonna to have to do um, but that's that's harping on that bottom line is cyber recons here to expand uh, the roles of security to train people in security cyber and risk um, we want to help we want to help the community and me I'm not if you look this is not blonde it's not it's not getting younger I'm not getting younger so by the time I'm done, by the time I hang up my spurs, I want to make sure there's plenty of you cats out there that are good, ready to go, take, pick up the mantle, and drive it forward to keep keep things secure when I'm sitting on a rocking chair somewhere, uh, drinking margaritas out of this cup. So that's what I'm going to say. Let's, let's cut this thing off so you guys can get to work, so I can get to work. Uh, I always, always, always appreciate the feedback you guys give during the class and after, in the comments afterwards. Um, if you can share with your friends hit that button over there have them hit the button if you haven't already hit the button over there too to subscribe hit the bell to be notified when stuff goes live like the video like the page comment I would love to see your comments below or in line of course um, great question Matt uh, throw that on the screen trying to figure out how to tell my brother-in-law where to start where to start I you know, um, I'd say where to start is just with the basics. If, if they don't know anything about IT, IT Fundamentals Plus, that's going to be on the schedule. I promised Alex the schedule will be out today. That schedule will be out today. Uh, it's going to be the end of the day today, our new schedule. Matt, your question, start with IT Fundamentals Plus. And that's if they don't know anything about 
IT that's going to say, this is what RAM is. This is what a SAN does. This is what a database is. Here's what a processor is. Um, CPUs. We're going to walk through all that. We've got it. Some of it started already, the old um, ITF Plus that we've got on our page. Look at some of the videos down there. Um, that whole module will be put in a playlist. And if you want to point them at that, start them there. The Security Plus is going to get going again. Plunk, uh, put that back on there. Um, and what's, what's Alex say? Maybe I should have more children to ensure the legacy continues. Box of wine, soft lighting. Uh, well, that's what Mako, Mako is, is out there doing it. Mako, if you don't know, is my son. Um, and Jimmy is my son-in-law, so um, they're doing it. Emily is my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, so it is a family business. Uh, we keep things going here. Um, needs a clear, I, you know, Matt, I, I, I think clearances help people get a wide um, range of experiences. I do. And I think you're definitely more marketable with a clearance. That being said, there are so many places that need security professionals that don't require a clearance. I'm talking about uh, the financial industry. They're going to want a background check. They're going to want a fingerprint check, but they don't need a clearance. Um, auto industry, pharmaceutical industry. There's so many industries that need help. Um, but yeah, clearances, clearances definitely help, especially out here. Um, radio producer for over 13 years. You probably know some technology then. Um, wow, that's a long time in industry. He's, yeah. um, Kevin, IT first. Yeah, that's why, that's why I pointed IT fundamentals first. Um, make sure... Um, you understand the basics. Know what a database is before you try to secure a database. Know how networking works before you try to secure networking. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. That's why I say IT Fundamentals Plus. IT Fundamentals Plus is just kind of a shortened version of the A Plus. Uh, you know, if you haven't done the A Plus, it's it's still worth it. Work it, worth it. Um, then security, right, Kevin? Uh, Alex, yeah, we don't talk about it that much. Um, you guys are in the few select people to know that uh, Mako is my son. Yeah, Mako's my son. He's a good cat, man. Um, then security. Uh, got you lucky from a college peer. If you can get sponsored, the, honestly, I'm going to tell you, the way I got my clearance, I was in the military. The way most people get their clearance is they're a government employee or they're in the military. Government employees in the military, they can pay for it. Contractors, most of the time, aren't going to pay for you to get your clearance unless you've got an excellent skill set that they particularly need. Um, it's expensive for them to get you cleared. Um, luckily, uh, I got lucky from a college peer. Um, I got lucky from, personally, I got lucky from the Army. The Army got my clearance, and I didn't know what, was, what it was worth until I uh, started using it. Didn't, you know, No one needs a clearance. A clearance is great, but not needed in this industry. 100% agree, Alex. There, things are expanding so rapidly now, and there's so many more opportunities online where you don't have to go to those centers. You know, if you, you're out here in D.C., the DC, DMV, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, it's centered around the government. It's centered around clearances. The Probably the cream of the crop, best jobs are around those industries, and a lot of those, those organizations require clearances. But if you go up to Michigan where they're making a lot of cars or down in San Antonio where they're making a lot of trucks and stuff or anywhere like New Jersey where there's a lot of pharmaceuticals, 
those areas, they're going to want a background check. Usually it's light. Um, you know, the financials are going to be probably the hardest one. They're going, to, they're going to do a little deeper check on you. But Alex is right. You can get in the, There's a ton of places outside of a, the, where you need a clearance. Um, and in the government, you can do just a background check sometimes. Uh, I forget what that, that their low-level clearance. It's not really a clearance. It's a, it's a background check, a uh, suitability check or something like that. Um, get the certs in DOD 8570 and apply for that job. Uh, need a low-level clearance. Best chance for hiring you and sponsoring your clearance. Yeah, Sierra Bravo. Sierra Bravo, great. If you want to get the clearance, that's exactly the way to do it. Find one of the jobs that has an 80, get your 8570 cert. Find a job that's tied to that. Um, if they're government, that's, you probably shoe in, they're just going to pay, they don't, it's soft dollars to them, they're just going to pay for your clearance and you're going to be done. If it's a contractor, um, you know, there's a 50-50 chance, especially if it's like a secret clearance, those aren't too expensive. Once you, Then you get your secret and then you start working for your TS if you want to get your TS. A ton of jobs open up with your secret clearance and it's fairly cheap to get a secret clearance. Unfortunately, you can't just go get it yourself. You have to have someone sponsor you. Um, I got lucky. Mako got lucky. M lucky got lucky, Mako. Uh, <laughs> um, there are days that uh, I want out of the DoD, um, but don't have the, the cloud experience. Cloud experience, you know, uh, if you're looking for the, the cloud search, we talked about this, the beta version of uh, CompTIA's Cloud Plus certification is still $50. Uh, it's the third version. There's no training material, but if you take version two and study that, you're probably pretty close. And Matt, you're helping me out right there. Public trust, that's what I was trying to think of and just couldn't remember it. Um, there you go. Uh, I hear Sans is going to be hiring security people. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no luck with the the gov jobs it's hard to get in gov jobs um it's yeah that's matt corrected that's why i knew it was gov jobs it takes like a year year and a half to get a government job sometimes um and that's if they're not a lot of time and i'm the dirty dirty secret of the government a lot of times they will write a job posting for the person that they want to hire into that position uh you'll see the job it'll be perfect for you you'll apply for it and you might not get picked up because they are already looking at a person to put in that job. Um, that's the ugly truth about the government. Um, you just got to keep at it. And it's a long, drawn-out process to get in the government. It's going to take a while. Um, CISA, yeah, my favorite place. Um, CISA, I know, most of Homeland Security is top secret, though, I think. Uh, most places I look and. Homeland Security requires a top secret clearance. I'm not sure about CISA. I would assume they would be the same. I'm not sure though. But yeah, it's there's there's plenty of places to get it. If you don't want to work for the government, you don't want to get a clearance, you can't. Um, Alex, I'm with you. For me, I actually intentionally let my clearance expire um, because it's too easy. If you have a clearance, it's too easy to get brought back into that environment. And I, I for years and years, I worked in a skiff or a sensitive compartmental information facility. Um, you go in in the morning, you close the door behind you, it's no windows, you do your job, you come out at the end of the day, uh, maybe it snowed, maybe it rained, maybe it's dark when you go in, dark when you come out, you're, you're living in a box. Um, great, great work, doing great 
things for the government. Um, it's just it's a hard, hard life, and you can only do it so long before you got to say that's an, that's enough of that. And I had to I had to say that's enough, and let my stuff expire. And that way, I know I won't go back in. Um, Matt, um, I know one of the top positions for top and always giving TS is the receptionist at Fort Meade. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fort Meade, the fort. Uh, Sierra Bravo, if you want TS, sock work or threat hunting. Both excellent. Threat hunting. We never really talk about threat hunting. I love the field of threat hunting. Not a lot. Of, it's still, that's still an emerging field. Uh, probably more more advanced in the government than anywhere else, but it's starting be, to pick up in the commercial world. Threat hunting is a cool field. I like the field of threat hunting. Um, really thorough. Yeah. Sure about Mike loves gifts. I don't know. I don't believe. I don't think I believe you. Most people, you know, I try to tell people. You know, when I was working in this gift, they well, I'll give you a call. I'll say well. I won't have my phone on. Uh, well, what, what's up with that? So, well, it's it's in a box outside the room. I can't even bring it in the room. Or some places it's in your car still. There's some place you're working. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, I've had Windows at least. Uh, that's, yeah, Windows. Yeah. Some skiffs have Windows and blinds. I've, I've been in a couple. That have them when they've had the mesh stuff over the windows, so you, you know, supposedly cut down on radio emissions and all that Faraday kind of stuff, and keep people from looking in. Um, stressful. Working in a skiff is it's it's relentless. Sometimes you get in there and you're just in there um, in a box. So yeah, that's a whole that's a whole session we need to talk about jobs, job progression, getting in the field different paths because there's different paths if you're going government or if you're going commercial if you're in the commercial side a lot of security people in the commercial side will pick an industry say finance and they'll work in that industry their whole career um, or they'll work pharmaceuticals or they'll work automotive or something like that um, if you want to be a blue teamer blue before red uh, but you need the red to be blue yeah <laughs> It's a, it's a dichotomy, right? So blue teaming is defense, right? Red teaming is attack. Um, the best red teamers were blue teamers, and the best blue teamers were red teamers because um, they know what the other side is thinking. I agree with you. Uh, Mike says go purple. Um, purple teaming, I love the concept of purple teaming. Um, if... And uh, hopefully you're talking about purple here because there's another version of purple uh, when you're with the military and you're working in a purple organization. But purple teaming is when the red team attacks, the blue team defends, and then they stop and think and talk about it. They talk about, okay, here's what we did to the attack. What did you see as the blue team or what, what, did, what, what showed up in your IDS and IPS? What showed up in your logs? How did you know we were there? Did you know we were there? And then they tune the system. If they didn't, so the red team did the attack, the blue team didn't see it. Okay, now let's tune the IDS, let's tune the IPS, let's tune the firewalls, let's tune our logging so that that type of attack is detected. Now let's try the attack again. Oh, we saw it. We stopped it. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the next attack. Now the red team attacks again. Um, did you see it? How did you see it? How did you defend against it? And then they walk their way through the different different exercises. Um, 
different than your traditional red team, where red team comes in, nobody knows about them being there, they do the attack, and then afterwards there's a report. I like purple teaming. Um, way back when, 10, 10, 15 years ago, NSA had a concept called green teaming. Did you guys ever, anyone ever heard of green teaming? Um, Bar Mar Barney. Yeah, Barney's definitely purple. Um, you learn blue as you specialize, red, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, you definitely learn, because when you're doing red, you're thinking about how can I exploit the system? How did they stop me? What were, what were in place? What countermeasures do I need to get around? And when you're doing blue, you're thinking the same thing. What do I need to stop the attacker from getting in? I'll look at something like, um, like our Cactus Pete, um, how they're going to come in. They're going to come in by a Trojan. Okay, how are they getting the Trojan in? Let's start thinking about how we can defend against that. Um, and the red team's going to think the same thing. How if I'm if I'm if I want to get something like Cactus Pete in, how can I get that in? Am I going to use fishing? Am I going to use a watering hole? Am I going to use some type of vulnerability to get in? What is the way in? Vice versa. And I don't see anybody talking about green teaming. Um, so green teaming was a concept NSA had had to be ten or fifteen years ago, and essentially it was a red team coming in, and they would run a red team exercise against a, a fort, like, you know, Fort Homestead or whatever. I'm going to make one up. Um, I know there's Air Force Base Homestead, but it's Fort Homestead. Fake base. They come in, they run their exploits, they find all the things that are broken, and then they stay to fix them. And it's kind of like purple. It's it's In a way, it's like purple, but the NSA team, this team that would have came in from NSA and a combined group of people, would stay around and fix all the problems that were uncovered during the vulnerability analysis and the red teaming event. Kind of a good concept. It's just um, hugely expensive to, <laughs> to implement that whole process. Security is a series of rabbit holes that go even deeper. Start somewhere and it'll lead you down a path. It certainly will. And you'll uncover turning over ugly stones. Turning over stones and finding ugly stuff underneath is uh, always... Uh, <laughs> there's always... Uh, always stuff to find, right? No organization's perfect. So, wow, you guys are awesome this morning. It's been great. I, I got to got, got to put draw a line in the sand though, because I got about ten minutes to log in. Um, so, um, you guys are great. I love the conversation. I think we need to have a special session. Maybe we'll do a Zoom online meeting or a web uh, um, WebEx online meeting, get the folks together, we'll talk about career paths, put some information together for folks entering this field, um, put a panel together. It looks like we got the people for the panel right here. We put a panel together, give some insight how to get in the field, whether you want to go government or where you want to go commercial, how to get it going forward, and just put it on the put it on the YouTubes for people to watch and get get hyped up for where they want to go in the field. God, I love you guys for that. You guys are awesome. Guys are awesome. I hope you have an awesome day. Mike is going to say go get some, but he can't because he's in the skiff. Um, go get some. Sierra will say it for him. Um, be safe out there. Take care of your friends, your families, your coworkers, and your organization. Uh, have a great weekend, and we'll see you bright and early, 7.30 on Monday for another Cup of Cyber, where we'll talk about the news, cyber news of the day, and why it's important to you. You guys be safe out there.